Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You're listening to NHL Trade Deadline Day on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown inside Rogers Place. Thanks a lot for joining us this afternoon. It is 2.06. The Oilers have made one trade. The deadline passed an hour ago, and uh, it has uh, come out now. Patrick Maroon traded to the New Jersey Devils for a third-round pick in 2019, and prospect 22-year-old forward J.D. Dudek. He's playing at Boston College. He was drafted by the Devils in the sixth round. 152nd overall in 2014, so obviously not a, uh, a high-ranking prospect. I think he's more of a will-see type guy. Rob? I'm more of a will-hope. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he, he is, as Bob Stoffer was talking about, his college career has not gone. I mean, you want your players to continue to progress forward. Uh, he's having an off year. Uh, it's only six goals this year in 33 games. He's a smaller-sized forward. Uh, yeah, I would I would think that there's there's prospects that are can't misses. There's prospects that got potential. I think he's a prospect that you hope you hope that he can become uh, at some point someone that you can use in your NHL roster. All right, so we're uh, expecting at some point to hear from Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli here in the Hall of Fame room. Also, Mark Letestu traded yesterday, and Brandon Davidson traded on Saturday. That'll be the Oilers' activity for the 2018 trade deadline. So, Rob, the Oilers ready to go against San Jose tomorrow, and they have not had Patrick Roon in the lineup for the last three mm-hmm. games. They've won all three. He did take yesterday's pregame warm-up after missing the previous two games with a minor lower body injury. Pr- could have played yesterday. Uh, they keep him out of the lineup, obviously, with the trade deadline coming up. Now, Zach Cassian left last night's game relatively early, didn't return, so we don't know his... The Oilers did not practice today, so we don't know his status for tomorrow. Ty Raddy was up from the farm and made his Oilers debut yesterday. Uh, got to go on a pretty good line. Dreisleitl yeah. and Camilleri have been uh, have been hot lately. I thought, you know, Raddy did fine when he was uh, out there. I actually like that one play. He tried that high wrist shot on, on Miller, and yeah. I'm glad he shot it because sometimes guys come up, they're deferential, oh, I, I, I can't be the shooter. I like that he just fired it. Well, he knows what his role is. He's an offensive hockey player, and if you get an opportunity to take full advantage, I, I I mean, and we have no idea what they're thinking of and who's in and out of the lineup, but to me, Aberg, if he comes in, uh, he takes Raddy's spot playing with Dreisaitl. 
and uh, Camilleri, and, and they fit him in there. Uh, the, the three hottest players for, for the Edmonton Oilers as of late, McDavid, Rysettle, and Camilleri. So uh, keep Lucic with McDavid and, and Slepeshev. Last night, I mean, I mean, McDavid had three points last night in that game, and then you, you take Rowdy off that line, you put Aberg there. But then again, I mean, it could be completely different. You never know, but uh, I, I do believe that Drysaddle and McDavid will probably be separated uh, tomorrow, and they will give this Aberg a chance with one of those two lines. My guess it'll be with Drysaddle. Stroman and Puliyarvi, and then with Cassian out, they had usually McDavid and, and or Drysaddle rotating in there last night. Kara with Kajula and Packer in, and I mean if Cassian's out, then do you, you could just put Aberg in on that line with Stroman and Puliyarvi too. Yeah, but to me, you want to give them the best opportunity. And when you're talking best opportunities with the Oilers, it it starts with McDavid. And and if that's not there, then it's it's Dreisaitl. That's where you're going to have his best look. And you're going to see uh, if he's capable of playing top six minutes. And why not give him a chance? Uh, You you have a 20-game audition right now for he and a lot of players. And put him with one of your best players and see if he's capable of playing with them. All right, so we'll get to see the new guy tomorrow when the Oilers visit the San Jose Sharks. Eric Stevens covers the Anaheim Ducks for the Orange County Register. Jason Chimera, Edmonton product, was traded from the Islanders to the Ducks today for Chris Wagner and Eric Stevens reporting on Twitter. Chimera said he was reading in front of his kids' class at school when his phone started going off. <laughs> hey, that's funny, and the funny thing about that, I know Jim are pretty good. I'm, I'm shocked he can read. So oh, that's, geez, that's really, go. really good. There we go. <laughs> well, maybe it was a picture book. And, 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 you want, and, and that's a good pickup, too, for Anaheim. chimmer uh, has been around for a long, long time. He's got experience. Uh, nothing's going to phase him. Uh, and even at the advanced age that he is at, he can still absolutely fly. So uh, overall, how do you assess these Oilers trades? And, and we should we should emphasize the the maroon trade. Unless I've missed it here, Brendan can help me back to the studio. Has not been officially announced by either team, but uh, I think enough uh, connected media people have put it out that we can assume that's what it is. Maroon to New Jersey for a third and prospect JD Dudek. So when you when you look at how how we've done here, Rob uh, Davidson goes for a third round pick in 2019. Uh, Latestu goes for for Aberg, who's, who's going to get to play and is under contract for next season, and Maroon goes for a draft pick in 19, and and again a prospect we don't know a lot about, but doesn't appear to be imminent that that he's going to play in play in the NHL. Is that would you look at the collection of those moves? Is that what you expected? Do you think that's sufficient, or how so do you evaluate? So Davidson it? went for third round pick for third in 2019. So more or less, Davidson and Maroon went for the same thing. They both went for third-rounders. Uh, Maroon's got, uh, there's the addition of, uh, of a prospect, but one that is not, I mean, you wouldn't expect to come in and blow your, your doors off. He's a, he was a six-round draft pick that's having an off year in college. He's undersized. Uh, so Davidson, I thought, looking at contract-wise, they have to re-sign him and bring him back as a six, seventh defenseman at a high price point. I thought that was a good move. You pick up a guy in a waiver, and you turn on waivers, you, you turn it into a third-round draft pick. I thought that was good. The Mark Latesto one, you're, you're moving him out. You're not re-signing him. And I, I had no idea what you get for a Mark Latesto, but you got in this this kid, Aberg, who, who who's going to get an opportunity here and has shown uh, potential. And he has shown that at the minor league level, he's capable of scoring. And last year in the playoffs, we got a little glimpse at him. So I thought that was, again, I thought that was a very a very good trade and, and is going to make you better in the future. The Maroon trade, uh, I'm, I don't know. 
surprised that it wasn't more. Uh, so I, I think there's two that you're pretty excited about and one you're a little surprised that that was all that was there at the end of the day. Bob Stoffer rejoins us uh, from San Jose where the Oilers will play uh, tomorrow night. And, and 27 goals from Maroon last year, mostly with McDavid and Dreisaitl, 14 goals in 57 games this year. Did, didn't have the same overall impact on games that he had last year. So, you know, you... you I'm sure teams looking at his value, he's an unrestricted free agent, maybe not entirely sure uh, what they're going to get. What else do you have for us, Bob? Well, I haven't done anything else, so it's going to be. Uh, I mean, I, you take, you got to look at, you know, overall view. Uh, I think we found out what the rest of the league thought in terms of the valuation for Patrick Maroon. Uh, and I guess I'd pose the question this year. You know, do people think it wasn't worth a third-round draft choice to trade him? Uh, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, I guess, that Edmonton could look at, uh, depending upon what happens. Um, you know, maybe maybe Maroon. I mean, if I'm Patrick Maroon and Elaine Watt, and we will mention this right now, the others traded two Elaine Watt clients over the last two days. Mark Latestu and Patrick Maroon are Elaine Watt clients. And uh, Ottawa was shopping Zach Smith hard. Okay, he's got three years left at $3.25 million in his deal. Maybe that's a range and a price point that Elaine uh, Wag uh, will, will target Patrick Maroon for. Um, you guys just get the notification right now on, on Shirelli. He's going to talk at 3 o'clock today. Uh, I think what, what we saw today was that uh, the valuation wasn't there for the players. It's funny, with, you know, you can sit there and say, well, they should have gotten more. They couldn't or they would have. Frankly, the return they got on Davidson surprised me. The caliber of player that they got back through Nashville, which and it might have been just a byproduct trying to box Winnipeg out on Mark Letestu. Um, but the cal- you know, getting Pontus Aberg, again, I think he's going to be a middle six forward for Edmonton. I think that's a decent return. I totally understand the fans saying, hey, we didn't get what we think we should have gotten here for Patrick Maroon. And I'd say, oh, well, I'm fine. But my response also to that would be ultimately, I think the rest of the league showed it. I mean, look what Vancouver got for Thomas Mann. I mean, they got Tyler Mott, who's done nothing in his first couple of years as a pro. Uh, and I can't even remember the second guy, Reed, that went in that trade. Maybe you can educate me again. going to play for his fourth team this season. I, I bet you he plays under 10 games for Vancouver the rest of the way, unless there's injuries. So uh, this uh, from an Edmonton perspective, this was a very quiet trade deadline day because Shirelli did the work on Saturday and Sunday with Davidson and Latesta. The big news today to me, the master in terms of what he executed. We talked about this at uh, 11 o'clock Edmonton time. What was Tampa Bay going to do? And man, oh man, did they do something. We still don't have all the machinations in yet. Do we have a full trade at this time downstairs? Here's what we have. Brian McDonough and JT Miller go to the Lightning. The Rangers get Vladislav Nemesnikov, a 2018 first-rounder, a conditional second-rounder, and prospects Brett Howden and Libor Hayek, Bob. So the first two Tampa Bay picks, 27th and 37th from the 2016 draft. Yeah, and you know what? I like Taylor Radish and Boris Pachuk more than Libor Hayek and Brent Howden. And those guys were both second-round picks of 26, uh, and I believe they're both from the 2016 draft. That's where the Oilers took Tyler Benson and Chicago took Alex Dabrinkit. And I would say Radish and Kachuk are tracking to be uh, legitimate, 
you know, very good middle six forwards for Tampa Bay. The Lightning are in a great spot. How are they making all the money fit in? Has anybody figured that out yet? No. They haven't said nothing online at all yet. No. That's, that, that's an interesting situation. So Tampa Bay was a clear winner. Edmonton, I, hey, for the fans, they're probably thinking pretty quiet, right? Pretty understated. And for Ottawa at this stage of the game, uh, just watching Pierre Dorian in action, wow. I mean, it's it's crazy what's gone on there. And, uh, you know, Rob, we both know now there's no way Eric Carlson doesn't get moved this summer. He's not getting moved this summer. And no, for the listeners out there right now, uh, trading Leon Dreisaitl for the last year of Eric Carlson's contract makes absolutely no, zero. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Leon Dreisaitl, he's going to be a star in this league. And, and and we've Reed and I have talked about it, and you, you're there watching. Over the last 12 games, Leon Draisaitl might have been their best hockey player. Now he's not Connor McDavid, but he's got that ability to win hockey games himself as well. So yeah, no, you're not moving Leon Draisaitl. He's going to be a star in this league, and you're going to have an incredible, eventually one-two punch at center with McDavid and Draisaitl, and you can build around those two. Well, and I, I still think there's a place for Ryan Nugent Hopkins here too, guys. And all a lot of people think. You know, when you factor in what the strengths they have down the middle of McDavid, you know, uh, settle Nugent Hopkins, the two left shot D in terms of Nurse and Clefbaum and then Larson on the right side. I mean, those guys are all 25 and under. And, and Paul Yarby is going to take some time. But the orders have to be patient with them. And they got Yamamoto. So there's a pair of right wingers there that Edmonton's not in a bad spot. That's part of the reason why they need cheap wingers. And I don't think they're going to be done on the cheap wingers front. But if I'm Edmonton, you know... And, and I and fans don't want to hear patience, but when it comes to free agency, I maybe aren't gonna. I, I'm, I'm maybe not gonna be. And, and the other thing is, we don't know where Edmonton's drafting, right? Because if they're drafting in the top five, certainly the top four, we might be looking at immediate help with one of the forwards. So there's three forwards that are in the top four. Uh, I believe Brady Kachuk's going to be able to play right away. Uh, the Zadina kid's a wonderful player, Czech player, and Svechnikov. He's a little bit individualistic. We've seen individualistic Russians before. That makes me a wee bit nervous, but he's way bigger and a way better skater than Takabov. So uh, those three guys are probably playing in the NHL next year. And then obviously the, the sweet defenseman who's, you know, generational. And there's, guys, there's three or four other defensemen in the range of six to ten that are going to be, be pretty intriguing as well. So we don't know what's going to happen there. But where I'm going is, you know, you look at Michael Grabner. He was uh, not a first-day buy-in for the Rangers, right? They got him two years at $1.65 million. He scored 52 goals in New York. He's going to get $2.5 bucks per year, maybe back in New York with the Rangers. So bottom line, Edmonton needs to add speed in several other spots, and they got to get Lucic uh, to, to work on his quickness as well. So he can play in their top nine, but they've got a decent base, and they may not have to blow it up with the perception out there that they got to trade Nugent Hopkins and they got to trade Clefbaum. They might ultimately decide that. They don't necessarily have to do it. Well, Bobby, if, if Cam Talbot played like Cam Talbot did last year at the beginning of the season, I don't think you're talking about blowing this team up anyways. I think they'd be in a much different position than they are right now. Well, Peter's already stated, Rob, that he's not blowing it up. I'm just saying, I, I mean, he wasn't blowing it up at the deadline. That's what he referenced. And for me, uh, let me just move away from something here. For me, just watching the whole, you know, watching things unfold. I mean, I do think there's going to be some activity. I think, you know, the others, how they play down the stretch is going to be, uh, you know, a factor in terms of judging some of the progression 
what's you know what does Slapishev do? Does he continue to progress? How does Paul Yarby finish the year? You know, can you count those guys in to be top nine forwards next year? Because now you're having a different conversation on the you know the desperation ad, and that's not going to please the fans, right? That's going to the fans don't want to hear that. They want Max Patch ready or you know a player of that ilk, and they want Tyson Berry. And maybe ultimately Edmonton decides to go that way. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but maybe they do decide to go that way. But uh, what happened today, you know, uh, what's the response been like, Reed, on the, on the text message line? I mean, probably pretty uh, understated. Is that fair? Brandon has it open back at the shop, Bob. We'll have to get to some uh, feedback after the 2.30 news. Sure, and you got Peter coming up at 3 o'clock. Peter's at 3 o'clock. We'll have Peter Shirelli uh, live uh, when he speaks at 3 o'clock here from Rogers Place. we got to take a quick break. Uh, Bob Stoffer on the phone from San Jose. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins in the Hall of Fame room in Rogers Place. Special trade deadline coverage on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. It's NHL trade deadline day. With Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, and Rob Brown, here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in this afternoon. Afternoon. It's 2:24. We'll be with you until shortly after three o'clock. Uh, Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli will speak live at three here in the Hall of Fame room. So we'll bring you those remarks. I'll have inside sports from six to eight tonight. More on the uh, trade deadline as a whole. A little more on the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, we may have a couple of other special guests as well. I think actually, Rob, I'm going to talk to someone from the Pandas hockey team. Oh, cool! After their you know tough for I, I think the goalie. Honestly, I don't. I used for, to know a bunch uh, of the players. Four overtime, one nothing loss, unfortunately, she, at Manitoba yesterday. She was pretty tired. How much? You play Woo. over two hockey games, you only give up one goal. And you're and, out. And you're out. That's too bad. Uh, they've had a successful run over the last number of years at U of A. It's unfortunate this year is cut short, uh, but now they can start planning on next year and getting a little bit better. Okay, so uh, and what we're here's what we're going to do, everybody. Uh, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of talking here. We will have time for listener feedback in the next half hour. You can text six thirty six thirty. The open line number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. So we'll do that from two thirty till three until Shirelli talks. I'll, of course, I'll have more time for interaction tonight on Inside Sports. Patrick Maroon to the New Jersey Devils third round draft pick in twenty nineteen and a prospect playing at Boston College by the name of J.D. Dudek. He was drafted by the New Jersey Devils in the sixth round, 152nd overall in uh, 2014. So that's the uh, only trade the Oilers made today. Uh, kind of interesting, you get you know a more NHL-ready prospect, obviously, for, uh, for Mark Letestu, who wound up going to the Columbus Blue Jackets after the Oilers traded him to Nashville. Pontus Aberg came over from the Predators. He uh, will... Is very well expected to play for the Oilers tomorrow when they take on the San Jose Sharks. The third rounder for Brandon Davidson on Saturday, also in 2019. Now, I don't know if the Oilers ever used those picks because Peter Shirelli on Friday called it a remodeling job, Mm -hmm. said that he's not necessarily stockpiling uh, draft picks to try to build for down the road. They they think next year they can bounce back from some of the difficulties they've had this year. Well, I mean, we saw that Vegas had a stockpile of draft picks and they used some of their draft picks to get a, a player that's going to that's ready, well NHL ready, and has been a an NHL contributor for a number of years in Tatar. Um, yeah, I, I think that the return for Patrick Maroon, and I'm sure a lot of fans are going to think the same, is less than what you expected. But uh, that's what uh, he's seen as, and that's what the the rental players are going for right now. And, yeah, Mark Letestu probably brought back more in 
in return than Patrick Maroon. I don't think that's what any of us would have thought about. But it, it goes down to needs. What do you need? Someone needed Patrick or needed Mark Letesto a little bit more than they needed Patrick Maroon, and the others get a, a, an opportunity to to see a young player play because of that. And hopefully, this is a young kid that's going to blossom here in Edmonton. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I'm sure the Oilers are. And that's why I do believe that tomorrow, if and when he plays, he'll be playing with either a Drysaitel or a McDavid, and they're going to just run with this kid and see if he's capable of producing consistently in a top six role. Yeah, well, there's no doubt he can skate, so that's something the Oilers have been lacking all season long. And, and I mean, it's hurt them more of breaking out of their own end and getting pucks out inside their own blue line well, and, and as puck much pursuit, on offense. Yeah. Puck pursuit, uh, defensive play, backtracking, all those things. If, if I'm going up the ice with the puck on my stick and I've got a, a, a man that is not as quick as me chasing, well, I'm going to have more time to make a move or make a play. Where if I've got someone that's tracking me all over the ice, well, now that forces me to do things quicker. So uh, speed isn't just for offense. Speed is for defense as well. And the other's got a kid with some speed coming to Edmonton here tomorrow. All right, Rob, I know you got to run. Thanks for coming in today, buddy. Great stuff. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully uh, hopefully this is a, a successful trade deadline in the future for the Edmonton Oilers. We're live from Rogers Place. Peter Shirelli will speak at 3. You will get to speak in the next half hour. You can text 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. You're listening to NHL Trade Deadline Day. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. All right, thanks a lot for joining us this afternoon. It's 233. Reed Wilkins at Rogers Place. Thanks a lot for tuning in to our special trade deadline coverage. Peter Shirelli is going to talk here at Rogers Place at 3 o'clock. We will carry that for you live. He'll be talking about the three trades he made, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and one today. Today, it's Patrick Maroon going to the New Jersey Devils. The Oilers get a third rounder in 2019. And J.D. Dudek, who is a forward playing at Boston College, he was uh, drafted in the sixth round by the Devils in uh, 2014. So kind of a modest return for uh, Maroon. Maybe gives you an idea of what he is, uh, how he is perceived around the league. We'll get to some phone calls in a minute here at 780-496-0063. Brendan Ulrich is monitoring the text line, and you can text us at uh, 636. 30. Always love it if you sign your first name or give yourself a handle. More likely that uh, we will read it out. Uh, Brendan, do you want to bang off a couple texts here, buddy? Yeah, Richard is not happy. He says, gave Maroon away for nothing. Um, another texter says, can't expect much for a guy that only produced when skating with McDavid. Another texter to Grand Prairie says, Maroon killed their chances of getting anything with his uh, last few games. So uh, some split opinions there. Do you want to chime in on those? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if teams are judging him just on his last few games because they're, they're going to judge him, I think, on his body of work in the NHL. And, and they saw spurts from him in Anaheim, but a lot of inconsistency. And they saw an incredible year by him last year. And he hasn't been able to follow it up this year. I, I mean, he has been, even last year when he got the 27 goals, he was a pretty streaky player. And, and this year, early in the year, I think he had a seven-game point streak, and then he went quiet for a while. And that's often what secondary scorers do. They might have a good 10- or 12-game stretch and then have another 10- or 12-game stretch where it's, it's relatively quiet. I, I think Maroon's drawback this year and I think it would apply to a lot of Oilers especially when you look at where they are in the standings is that he didn't have a huge impact on the game when he wasn't on the scoreboard uh, you know I, there were some games where he mucked it up and had a few fights and some big hits but a lot of games where the checking wasn't there now that wasn't unique to him I think that's been a team-wide problem 
but when you're available at the deadline, that, that could drive your value down a little bit. Richard said um, something about giving Maroon away for nothing. You know, understandable. I, I don't know much about this J.D. Dudek kid. I, I wouldn't say he's a blue chip prospect by any mean. We'll try to find out more about him, maybe have some stuff on Inside Sports tonight. I, I guess the the flip side of, of that comment is, is if you don't re-sign him and you lose him in the summer, then you're going to say, well, why didn't we just get something for him at the deadline? So, you know, that's I understand why Richard might be frustrated, but that argument, I think, about losing him for nothing goes both ways if he if he winds up walking to another team on July 1st. And who knows, if you're a Maroon fan, maybe he talks to the Oilers when he's a UFA and could wind up coming back. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Joanne on the line. Joanne, thanks a lot for calling. Hi, Reed. Thank you for taking my call. Did I hear um, a little while ago that in the summertime we're going to have to get rid of Nugent Hopkins and Clefbaum, or did I misunderstand that? No, well, they won't have to. I, I think what uh, Bob was talking about, and it's something we, we've speculated on, is those are two players who I think would be appealing to other teams. And, and you know, Nugent Hopkins makes $6 million. Clefbaum actually has a pretty good contract, just over four, and he's had a down year that maybe if the Oilers wanted to change the look of their defense or try to get a winger, those could be one of the two guys that might be shopped. Now, Peter Shirley was clear, though, on Friday where he said there are players that teams have been asking for but they've stopped asking because Shirelli has said he was pretty confident in the list of players that, at least for this deadline, he wasn't going to trade. If one of those guys, and I think we knew this ahead of time, if one of those two guys was going to be shopped, that's more likely something that would be ha- would happen in the summer. But no, I don't think it's a it's a definite situation or something that the Oilers have to do. Well, did they have enough money to keep uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins? I don't worry about Clefbaum so much, but I like not, uh, Hopkins. Well, they will. They're going to be tighter to the cap, obviously, with McDavid's contract uh, kicking in. It's going to depend on what happens with some other players. Darnell Nurse will get some form of a raise. Um you know, Ryan Strom is a restricted free agent, so he'll get uh, likely a small raise. You know, Camilleri probably won't be back. Uh, we'll see what happens with, with Matthew Benning and, and some other guys. So, yeah, they can fit them all in, but they're, they're going to have to find some cheaper players to contribute. Now, maybe Pontus Aberg is one. Jujar Kara is, is showing some promise here. He only makes $675,000. So the Oilers can fit everybody in. Um, they'll, they'll need some younger, inexpensive players to contribute, though. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Joanne. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I mean, that's really where they're at, Brendan. That the, the Oilers. I mean, Nugent, like Drysital and McDavid are, are going to be here long term. I would like Nugent Hopkins to be here long term. Unfortunately, with Clefbaum, I, I think his. You know, maybe you don't feel this way. Clefbaum's value is not at a great spot right now because he's had a tough year and I think if you're looking at it from the outside you're wondering is Oscar Clefbaum uh, this player who's been injury riddled and inconsistent or is he last year's player who got 12 goals and really looked like he was coming along. Yeah, and that's why I'd be terrified to, to trade Oscar Clefbaum, Reed. I, I mean, he's 24 years old. As you talked about, value not that high, so you're likely selling low if you do trade him, and then we could see him go to another team and shine. So I would be terrified to move an Oscar Clefbaum. Uh, I think with the Maroon thing, I, I think the Oilers would have liked to have you know, gotten 
a roster player or maybe a picker or like a secondary pick as well that they can move for some roster players. I think that's why we're seeing some of the fans upset with the return. At the same time, Maroon has sort of struggled down the stretch here. And uh, as another texter talked about, hasn't really performed when he's not with McDavid. So uh, <laughs> it's not the sexiest return on paper. So I, I get why there is some frustration out there. Well, no, it isn't. It isn't at all. And it, to me, it's a very interesting debate when, when you get into some of the deadline stuff, and you're also you're often looking at getting a uh, pick back because, you, you, as I said, I, I think the Oilers are going to trade at least one of these third round picks yeah. that they got in 2019, maybe even at this year's draft as part of the package of picks to, to get a roster player back. So you never know what's going to come down the line, right? I mean, the. Uh, 2006, the Oilers traded a pick for Sergei Samsonov. You know who was taken with that pick? Milan Lucic, right? So that there's somebody who wound up uh, helping Boston that, that the Oilers got a little bit later on. I, I guess I would here. Here's the question I would ask, and 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 I agree. Like it, it, it's kind of a flip flop to me that the Oilers got more of a an NHL potentially ready body for Mark Letestu than they did for Patrick Maroon, and we'll see how Aberg works out. I, I think there's some. Sus- potential there and he's certainly fast but I, I guess the the question I would flip around to people is if you're the fan of another team what would you give up for Patrick Maroon yeah that's if, fair, if you're if, if you're a if you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan or a New Jersey Devils fan or a whatever and your team gave up a first rounder and one of your best prospects for Patrick Maroon as an Oilers fan, if you're thrilled, then as a fan of the of, of the other team, you probably think that's too much, right? So, I mean, you can go back and forth on it. Um, it I, it would have been great if they got, you know, perfect world to me, you would have got two prospects out of this who were closer to the NHL. And Shirelli indicated that was kind of what he was after on, on Friday, that he would like... Uh, prospects who can play now or really soon. Aberg will play now and hopefully will fit in. But uh, I mean, I, again, we got to find out more about Dudek, Brendan. Just looking at his his stats, how they've progressed. Now I don't know if there's other things going on there. We got to learn more about this player. But I don't think he's uh, on the verge of being in the NHL, you know, next year. But we'll see as we move along. Oh my goodness, Sirius Gord is on the line. Serious Gort, thanks for calling. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, Aberg is the guy we got for Letestu, correct? That is correct, sir. And uh, that player, Mr. Letestu, sorry, got traded to Columbus for what exactly? A fourth round? A fourth or? round pick, yes. So, if you look at it from Nashville's perspective, Aberg was worth a fourth round pick. Is that fair to say? Uh, I guess if you look at it that way, sure. Okay, or maybe so they were just trying to keep Latestu out of the Western Conference. That was another story out there. Well, that's a nice theory. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, okay. <laughs> it just, I'm just looking at, you know, I think it's always a bit of a plague with uh, or an affliction of fans to overvalue what we have uh, in most cases uh, compared to what the rest of the league has. So, you know, we had two third-rounders and a fourth-rounder worth of value that we traded away. Uh, at the deadline. My only quibble with Maroon uh, is that he could have potentially traded him much sooner than the trade deadline. Uh, I don't think he pulled the trigger soon enough, and we might have got a bit more value, but uh, he's, he's, he's yesterday's player, right? Um, he's slow. He's a fourth liner, to, according to the stats, whenever he's not on uh, McDavid's line. Um, so 
what value is he? He isn't a penalty killer. Clearly, a penalty killer does have some utility, especially going into the playoffs. He does take a lot of stupid penalties, uh, and he's slow. So, he, like I say, he's yesterday's man. I don't see why people are getting all agitated. I will say there's one thing that does worry me in terms of the way Mr. Shirley conducts his business. is He has his favorite teams, it seems. This is the second move he's made with New Jersey. He's made a couple of moves, if I'm not mistaken, with the Islanders. Yep. Um, I wish he was playing with more people than just a, a handful of, of his friends. That concerns me. Well, and J.D. Dudek uh, is going to Boston College, though he joined there after Shirley left Boston. So Exactly, but he, you know what I'm getting at. He has his biases that seem to to creep in and override uh, you know, what might otherwise be, uh, you know, there might be more sensible options out there. And that, and that worries me because that seems to be a plague on the team in terms of, you know, dealing with who you know as opposed to who might be the best person to deal with. Well, obviously a couple dealers uh, deals with the Islanders, both of which have been uh, pretty much torn apart by, by most <laughs> people. We'll see what Strom turns Strom into. Does, might do better, uh, yeah. A couple with the Devils. Um, Anaheim, obviously, he dealt with for Maroon. I'm just trying to refresh my memory on some of the bigger ones now. Cassian was from the Canadians. Uh, Davidson was from the Canadians, right? Yep. When he came the second time, yep. Uh, obviously today, I don't think he'd done one with Nashville before. I, I wonder if Nashville made the call. I don't know if he did on that one. If you know what I mean. Well, if they, and like I said, if they were, you know, if, if they, they had the speedy guy, defense. they weren't sure about, and they saw Edmonton being so slow, and they wanted to flip Latestu to to Columbus, then maybe they did initiate left. that. Yeah, exactly. You wonder whether. No, I'm always curious as to who starts these deals. I, I'm wondering is it was this an emergency call to his buddy at the devil say, Look, I gotta get this guy off my hands. I've benched him for what, three games now. I can't have him play uh, the other tomorrow night because I'm gonna get roasted by the fans. What can you do for him? And they said, Well let's throw a, a friend of yours from the Boston College in and at Boston University and uh, and a third rounder to, you know, who was of little consequence likely. You know, it makes you wonder. It really does. All right, Gord, it's always Thanks, good to buddy. hear from you. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Castle Downs Dan on the line. Dan, I hope you're already getting rested up for another volunteer binge with uh, Santa's Anonymous in, in nine months. Absolutely, absolutely, always. <laughs> so uh, I'm not surprised at all that uh, they got more for Latestu than they got for uh, for Maroon, given you know the play of late. You know, it's. Uh, it's just the way it goes, and uh, Latestu is a much more versatile and useful player in different situations. So that part really didn't surprise me at all. Uh, Sirius Gord uh, stole a little bit of my thunder about uh, um, always the trades seem to happen with the same teams, um, you know, and uh, and he had a very good point uh, about that. Is you know, it would be nice to see, uh, you know. Uh, Mr. Shirelli de- dealing with the entire NHL instead of, you know, a few teams, as it seems. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure, especially when the Devils and Islanders come up, given some of the, the players that were, were, were traded there in the past. I, I think Gord make a, made a good point, and I, I certainly have experienced this hosting the, the postgame show with Rob Brown. Players tend to maybe... Uh, undervalue players while they're here and then overvalue them once they go to other teams so again if you were if if you were the fan of another team who traded for Patrick Maroon what would you be comfortable giving up well yeah exactly you know and 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 I think that 
that's the best thing out of it overall for Edmonton is we always, uh, you know, like we got players that get run out of town and then we're surprised anything for them. As far as I'm concerned, this is a deal that uh, for Maroon uh, that could have been made earlier, like Gord said, and something that probably should have been made uh, in the off season, like last off season, or you know, uh, or re-signed one of the two. And when you couldn't re-sign them, deal them. Dan, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you too. Take okay, care. it's two forty-eight. We have Peter Shirelli coming up live at three o'clock. We'll bring you that here on six thirty. Chad Reed Wilkins at Rogers Place. Special trade deadline coverage on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. It's NHL trade deadline day with Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, and Rob Brown. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. Brendan, you got me? Hey, I'm talking to my media colleagues here at Rogers Place. you, you got to expect me to be social a little bit, right? You know, you're a friendly uh, human being. I am right? a, a friendly human being. Patrick Maroon, also a friendly human being. The big rig, traded to the New Jersey Devils for a third-round pick and a prospect named J.D. Dudek. That's the only move the Oilers made today. You can get the full trade tracker on 630Ched.com. Big deal between the Lightning and the Rangers. Uh, JT Miller and Ryan McDonough going to the Lightning for uh, some couple prospects, a draft pick, and uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov. The Jets, uh, one of the early trades today, got Paul Stastny from the uh, St. Louis Blues. So that was a pretty big deal for them. Peter Shirelli is going to speak at 3 o'clock. We'll have that live for you here on 630Ched. Uh, we took some phone calls, 780-496-0063. I uh, plan on having more time for fan interaction tonight on Inside Sports from 6 to 8. You can also text 630-630. Brendan, uh, give me a couple of uh, texts if you can here, buddy. In case you haven't noticed, uh, big, slow players like Maroon are becoming obsolete. All those bad penalties early in the season didn't help. Nick says, surprised we weren't able to move Camilleri. He's been playing really well lately. Surprised yeah. at that, Reed? That's an interesting one. I, I don't know if I was going to say, I, I would say surprised. I'm glad, uh, was that Nick? Yeah. I'm glad Nick brought up Camilleri because the, the way he'd been playing lately, you started to wonder more if a team might look at him and say, okay, we realize his drawbacks, he's older, he's not as quick, but he still sees the ice, he can still play with other offensive players. Maybe he wouldn't even play every game on a better team, but you might be able to put him in on your power play or, or substitute in for a, for a younger player who's struggling. Uh, now, again, the return on Camilleri, what, what ultimately would have that been? Pro- I mean, pro- probably less than Maroon just because he's a little older. I mean, he might maybe, maybe he's not even in the league last year. But that is an interesting point by Nick, how his name started to pop up a little bit more. Uh, what's he on, a, a 12 assists in the last 12 games? Darcy says, good day. Just wonder how the Rangers get more for Nash when Maroon's numbers were better over the last two seasons. Not bothered. He's gone, though. That's from Darcy. Yeah, that's a good question, too. I, I would have to guess probably because Rick Nash didn't play with Connor McDavid last year, and he's got a higher scoring history in the NHL. What would you say, Brendan? Yeah, I mean, he has a better resume overall. He's a bigger name. I would A sexier name, I guess. Um, so I'm not surprised, but that Boston sees Nash a lot as well, playing against the Rangers. Uh, out 
East for the for a number of years, so I'm sure they were high on him. And I still think Nash has, you know, he can still help Boston. He'll likely play uh, on a line there with uh, DeBrusque and Krejci. Should fit in nicely. All right, we're going to take a timeout here leading into the live 3 o'clock news conference. Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli, 6.30, Chet. All right, we're at Rogers Place. Live news conference here is Edmonton Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli talking to the media. Well, let me start with a statement so you guys don't have to think of any specific questions. Um, It's been a busy few days here. Uh, Today we uh, completed one trade. Um, Pat Maroon for uh, New Jersey's third-round pick in this year's draft, and J.D. Dudek, he's a, uh, a forward at Boston College. Um, yesterday, we completed the uh, Mark Letestu for Pontus Aberg uh, trade. <clears throat> forward from Nashville, right shot, plays both wings. And the day before, we had uh, traded Brandon Davidson to the Islanders for third in 2019. Um, We went into this deadline, uh, as I said in my last availability, we went into this deadline to uh, try and get returns that were more immediately would assist our organization, so the prospects. Um, We did in one transaction, we didn't in two others. Uh, It was... uh, it was it was tough market out there. Um, I think you saw by the, the the delay in all these deals getting done uh, towards the end of the day. It was just it felt a lot harder, uh, a lot more resistance this year. I think that's probably a function of the league, the the um, the significance that is put on uh, those young prospects, um, and I guess the next level would be the, those picks. So. Um, we're happy with what we did. Um, it's always it's not pleasant to be a, uh, a seller, um, but we felt comfortable in our returns. Um, we'll look possibly to use those picks to pick a player, but more probable more probable that we try and use them to acquire a player in the summer. Um, I spoke with uh, Pat just briefly, uh, Pat Maroon, um, and uh, Pat's a, a good kid, good. A young man and uh, talked about his time here a little bit and uh, he was very thankful for what um, kind of we resurrected his career but he, he did a lot of that on his own um, I had spoken earlier with yesterday with Mark Letestu a classy classy guy um, again thankful he said he was thankful for the contract that we gave him um, it's not often that players do that so that I, f- I found that quite genuine and then the day before that I spoke with Brandon Davidson and uh, he's another good kid so um, so in a nutshell that's a summary and I'll leave it up the questions up to you Peter just the return for Maroon is that what you had projected Um, I was trying to all the whole time to get a prospect so um, um, we did get a prospect uh, JD is a he's a good college player he's a junior uh, he's got speed. Uh, he plays with some intensity. Um, we have two other prospects in BC, so we've seen him quite a bit. Um, would have liked a prospect that was closer to playing, but uh, happy with where it was. It was uh, what I can tell you is it was a tough market. Like the, the, the was. I don't really know why. Maybe I, what I said earlier about the about the significance on the, the the futures types of prospects, whether they're picks or prospects. But it was tough. 
and and maybe part of it was um, our players just in general weren't as good as they were before and I think that's that's in part perception in part reality so um, but um, at the end of the day uh, it took to the very last second to get this one done so uh, happy I was able to get it done was there any fluctuation in what was being offered for Patrick did it increase as it got closer to the deadline and was this something that came together today or was it something that you had cooking for a couple of days no fluctuation um it was it was just kind of we were fourth or fifth on a kind of on the chart and uh most of the teams have the same charts and uh it's just the way it unfolded uh, it, keep in mind though that it's a different it's a different process when you're asking for prospects because picks you know it's fairly linear prospects it's like you have to sort through them with your own scouts you have to sort through them with their scouts with the gms and you know everyone has varying opinions so it's 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 harder it's a harder you you get something that's more readily available to you so that that was the objective here but it's a harder process so um you know at the end of the day we came up with two and both as skill and speed um you know maybe would have liked a little bit more uh for pat but happy with what we got for pat in the context of the whole day i expect the average fan is uh you know, you know, not overly excited about what, not negative, but not overly excited about, uh, he doesn't see the team being immediately improved or anything like that. So can you project forward? Uh, you gave us your idea of what you were going to do uh, going into this. Uh, it was pretty close to what you said. Uh, what is your uh, general game plan that you can share going toward the draft? Well, um Again, so what I said before, Terry, was in this next little segment, I want to see progress. So it's a period of evaluation. Um, uh, and then we're going to look, once we're through the season, we're going to look and, and, and sort through the team's list and whatnot. And then we'll look to see, make some changes here or there. But I, 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 can't, I can't unfold. What I can tell you is that the general theme is faster, quicker, move the puck better. And, and that will be a concurring or a recurring theme throughout our planning process, and you'll hear it from me. Um, as far as you know, I'm not going to project on any current players what I'm going to do with them. And but um, I'd like to see progress, and this is a period of evaluation. Yeah, I guess. Oh, but the other thing is, you 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 talk about the um, the fans being they can't really see that we've improved the team. It's tough. It, I, I, we don't like being sellers. And it, that's the way it feels. It feels like we're subtracting. So it, it, it's not. I mean, it, obviously the players don't like being moved around, but it, it's not. A, it's not a happy time either. I, I guess what that was in reference to was uh, statements you'd earlier made about uh, needing to uh, find someone to play with uh, McDavid and needing to f- find that uh, offensive defenseman or whatever you want to call him on right side and uh, upgrading your goaltending, perhaps that sort of thing. Are those things you have to do at the uh, at the uh, draft, or are those things you think are more likely you're going to do at free agency? I would say from now until then, that would be part of our objective like you look you, there's 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 trades there's drafts there's free agency it's just it's an ongoing process 
two things. Uh, Mike Camilleri, was he, uh, he fits the mold of a guy that would have been in play. Were you surprised that you couldn't make a move there? And, and where do you see Auberg playing on this team in what kind of role? Um, uh, to suggest I was surprised would suggest that I was moving him, but uh, there was the, the, but there, there was not a lot of interest, nor did I actively shop him. It was kind of a reciprocal thing. Um, Aberg is uh, uh, he's got he's got some speed. He's got a good shot. He uh, he competes. So why isn't he in the NHL on a full-time basis? That's the big question. Um, we feel that he is an NHL player. Um, he plays either side. Um, Todd will work him into the lineup slowly, so he'll probably start on the lower lines and work his way up. Thank you. Okay, that's Edmonton Oilers uh, general manager Peter Shirelli speaking to the media here at Rogers Place. So he called it a tough market. He said there was a lot more resistance this year. And uh, obviously he said it's very tough to be a, a seller at this time of year. Obviously this was a, a period where the Oilers were hoping to build on last year and uh, maybe be uh, heading towards a, a deep playoff run. And it looks like Peter's uh, going to pop in now for us here on uh, 6.30. Chad, Peter, first of all, thanks for making time for us. I know it's been a, a, a busy weekend. Um, you, you ended off there, there a little bit with a little bit on, on Pontus uh, Aberg and his speed and his abilities. Is it premature of me to ask what you see as a, as a ceiling for, for him? Yes. Okay. He hasn't been in the lineup on a regular basis with Nashville. For a variety of reasons, uh, one, they're very deep. Two, they, the, to the depth point, there's a lot of players like him. Um, he's, he's scored a lot of goals in the American League. He scored some big goals in the NHL, and he's had a good playoff last year in the NHL. Um, so there's a projection. You know, you'd like to think he's a he's a top two line player, but at, at the very least, I think he's a he's someone who contributes on the third line, can score and play both wings. Okay, uh, JD Dudek is is a prospect who's currently playing at Boston College. Uh, I know you just touched on him a little bit. Can you flesh out his game for? I mean, is he? Would you say he's like really far away from potentially being in the NHL? Where is he in that? Division? I would. I would. He's got work to do, um, he, but he does have some NHL assets. He's got speed. He's got compete. Um, as I said in the in the presser, we see a lot of them because we've got Rassinen and McPhee at BC, so we see quite a bit of them. Um, you know, he's uh, he's 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 in his third year. He'll 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 finish his fourth year, and then we'll see what we do with him. But. We, we've seen enough of him to believe that there's value there, and he's, he's got a pretty good pedigree, um, and uh, you know he's he's a good prospect. You, you mentioned uh, we, we, you spoke to us on Friday, and, and, and as you touched on, you said you were hoping to get some prospects. You also said today it was it was a tough market, tough to be a seller in this market. Did you already have that sense on Friday, or did that kind of escalate over the weekend, where it's like, oh, okay, this is what this is what teams are offering. No, I had that. I mean, you could tell where it was going, and, and it's a it's a trend, and it's a trend with it gets a, it, it runs concurrently with the parity in the league, where where teams um, covet their their prospects because at some point they're going to be entry players that are, are are cheap players in a in a kind of fixed cost system, and and then the, and also the players that really you've seen some of the success around the league in the last few years that these young players really energize the team, so. They're, they're just they're, they're tough to get assets they're tough to, whether they're picks or prospects prospects are further along 
we we aimed high with uh, with Pat, um, and uh, we were close on a couple, but at the end the teams pulled back, um, and we, we felt that we could get something that could help us in the next year or two. Um, but having said that, you know you have to be opportunistic when you get multiple picks, and you're able to parlay that into players also. Okay, just a couple more for you. So it it seems like if if I it's your priority. It would seem to me that both these third-round picks acquired today wouldn't necessarily be used in 2019 as draft picks. At least one of them you would make available, perhaps even at this Yeah, maybe, draft. yeah. And, and the fact that they're in 2019, it's a stronger draft in 2019, so I think they're going to hold more value. Okay. On, on Friday, uh, we had a bit of a chuckle. You were asked, I think, by Ryan uh, about the uh, list of play- how long is your list of players that teams might have been asking about that you made clear weren't available going into this year's deadline. Would that do you think you'll hold that list solid throughout the summer and at the draft? I I, I, I don't know. Okay, got to ask because yeah, there's a couple no. players that fans are hoping are on the team for a long time. Yeah, so. no, I understand. Okay, thanks for dropping by. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. That is Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli. Thanks Sean May for him making time for us as well. As uh, we wrap up, uh, what was uh, a relatively quiet, a quiet trade deadline, certainly for the Edmonton Oilers. The one player who we thought was going to be moved out was Patrick Maroon. Goes to the New Jersey Devils for a third round pick and prospect J.D. Dudek. And uh, heard Peter Shirelli say there that he's probably uh, a ways away from being able to play in the NHL. Uh, he was hoping for. Uh, a possibly closer prospect for Patrick Maroon. That didn't turn out, and as Shirelli said, they went in trying for a, a return that would give them more immediate assistance, and he says in one trade they got that. That's Pontus Aberg, and uh, in two trades they weren't quite able to get that. So uh, that's the word from General Manager Peter Shirelli. It is 3.09. We've got to take a quick timeout. Reed Wilkins live at Rogers Place, NHL trade deadline coverage on 6.30. Chet. You're listening to NHL Trade Deadline Day on Oilers Radio, 630 Jam. All right, thanks a lot for joining us. It is 312. Reed Wilkins in the Hall of Fame room at Rogers Place. Brendan Ulrich back in the uh, 630 Ched studio. We just heard Peter Shirelli live at the podium, and then he uh, popped over for a quick one-on-one interview. So uh, Pontus uh, Aberg can play both sides. As he said, he's fast. He'll have to get consistent. J.D. Dudek, I think, a ways away from the NHL. Uh, Third rounder and Dudek coming from New Jersey in a trade for Patrick Maroon. Uh, Brendan, he was asked also about Mike Camilleri, and I'm glad uh, that Shirelli was asked about that because a texture brought that up in the last half hour if Camilleri was made available was asked about and uh Shirelli said simply there there wasn't a lot of interest in in camera and Camilleri nor was he actively shopped so I guess that uh you, you shows sort you. of wonder maybe he's looking to resign Camilleri in the offseason by that comment I don't know I'm not, I don't know I mean or unless he just likes maybe the influence he has on some of the younger guys on the roster right now as well I mean I think any return for Camilleri would have been fairly underwhelming. I mean, if people yeah. think the Maroon return was underwhelming and Peter kind of even ad- admitted that it was, you know, and maybe how the market could have been other years or how it could have shaped out other years. What did he say? Uh, there were no fluctuations in the offer in Maroon. I asked him even if Friday he already had the sense it was going to be a tough market and, and he said yes. And what? It, and he also said we were fourth or fifth on the charts for a lot of teams to contact, right? The Oilers players weren't the most sought after players and he said you know, our players weren't seen as being as good as they were before, whether that's reality or 
perception because the team is having a bad year. Yeah, and some of the teams that we uh, anticipated being in on Maroon struck early, such as Winnipeg early in the day, uh, Boston with Nash. Uh, you even look at Tampa Bay, you wonder if they were sort of looking at maybe Maroon 2, but then they got Miller back in that deal, so maybe they didn't have a need for Maroon after that. So maybe New Jersey was a late uh, team to jump into the mix, and they were able to get something done there. So Joanne called in last half hour and asked about Nugent Hopkins and Clefbaum, right? So I threw Shirelli the question, and I, you know, you know, you know, sometimes you, <laughs> you know what it's like, Brendan. You know, sometimes you may not get an answer, but you want to try just in case. I said, is the list of players who aren't available? Will you have that same list in the summer? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he said, I don't know. I, I think if he would have said yes, maybe people like Joanne would have felt a, a lot better. Uh, that that is going to be the next storyline now going going into the summer for the Oilers. Is is there a higher salaried, established, effective player that might have to be sacrificed because of the cap, or to try to strengthen the roster in another area? Having said that, I hope it's not Nugent Hopkins. And I know you can't move Lucic at six million. Um, can you have? So what are we going to have? We're going to have McDavid at twelve and a half, Drysaitel at uh, eight and a half, right? So there's twenty-one, and you, you go up to thirty-three million on four players once you factor in Nugent Hopkins and Lucic. Lucic isn't going anywhere, but it would be it'd be great to have Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the roster as well because your centers could then be McDavid, Drysaitel, whoever you consider. Rob Brown actually considers Drysaitel the center on that line because he takes most of the faceoffs, right? Um, and then Nugent Hopkins and then Strom and then Kara could be your four centers because I think Kara is starting to prove that, that he could play in that depth role, kill some penalties and help a little bit on, on offense. So he could become your new Latestu. Um, so that's how Nugent Hopkins, I think, helps that as a whole if they're able to retain him. And I really hope they do. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I've said uh, numerous times, along with Bob on Oilers now, that it doesn't make a lot of sense to trade Nugent Hopkins. Uh, He's been here since day one. He's getting better and better as a player. Arguably, this has been his best season uh, as an NHLer. Uh, Unfortunately, the injury happened. But uh, the other trade chip they might have, Reed, is is the pick. I don't know if they would consider moving that on the draft floor, uh, and it all depends on where they pick, but that could be another way you look to improve the roster immediately. Or if it's a top three pick, one of those guys, if they win a lottery pick, one of those guys can come in and play immediately as well. So I, I would think that would be another option. You look at the roster right now, and maybe Clefbaum is the piece they have to move to try to improve that right side. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Well, and like we said, I, I would it would not surprise me at all if one of the third round of picks acquired over the last three days is traded at this year's draft, even though it's for next year. And he said it here that the 2019 draft is seen as a better one than 2018. So those third rounders will carry a little bit more value, not huge value, but if you're putting them with a with another player or a series of, of picks, then maybe that nets you a little more. Because, I mean, you always need draft picks, but he also said on Friday we're not in the process of uh, stockpiling draft picks because we're, we're building for something three, four, five years down the road. I think with McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, they want to get better now, and I think they're hoping this year is a blip as opposed to what the team really is. It's going to be interesting because they've played better uh, recently despite the late game trauma <laughs> that, they, that they've experienced in, in California. And we're and, seeing some guys emerge all of a sudden, so I don't know. I mean, well, that's uh, and, It's and interesting. You, How you much wonder, stock do you put into it, I you guess? You wonder, too, with Maroon out of the lineup and, and Lucic in this slump, 
Yeah. Other guys, to some extent, now they have to do it long term, are seizing the opportunity. Slepeshev two games in a row. I've liked Kara's game at both ends of the rink recently. I, I think Kajula is still struggling a little bit. I don't know if that's because of the injury or, or just the way the year has gone for him. So, yeah, and, and Talbot's certainly playing better his last four starts. I know or last five starts actually. He didn't play last night against Anaheim. All right, uh, we're going to take it to 3:30. We'll have some final thoughts here. Andrew Gross is getting ready for the afternoon news coming up after that live at Rogers Place. Reed Wilkins with special trade deadline coverage. You can get a full trade tracker for deadline day on 630chet.com. The Oilers trade Patrick Maroon to the Devils for a third rounder in 2019 and J.D. Dudek. He's a sixth round pick of the Devils now plays for Boston College. Also of note, Ryan McDonough and J.T. Miller go to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Rangers give up Vladislav Nemesnikov a 2018 first-rounder, a conditional second-rounder, and a couple of pretty good prospects, forward Brett Howden and defenseman Libor Hayek. The Vegas Golden Knights get Thomas Tatar for the Red, from the Red Wings. How about this? For a first-rounder this summer, a second-rounder next summer, and a third-rounder in 2021. Blue Jackets get Thomas Vanek from Vancouver for Tyler Mott and UC Jokinen. Jokinen started the year with the Oilers. He's now joining his fourth team. Evander Kane from Buffalo to San Jose for a conditional first-rounder, a conditional fourth-rounder, and forward Dan O'Regan, who was Rookie of the Year in the AHL. Edmonton native Jason Chimera goes to to the Anaheim Ducks. The Islanders give up Chris Wagner. Paul Stastny to the Winnipeg Jets from St. Louis for a first-round pick this year, a conditional fourth-rounder in 2020, and forward Eric Foley. Ryan Hartman goes from Chicago to Nashville. Picks and prospects also involved in that deal. Reed Wilkins at Rogers Place. Brendan Ulrich back at the 630 Chet Studio. Well, I mean, look, you, you obviously saw the teams that are going for it, and to me today, uh, Brendan, the Lightning and the Jets leading the way. Well, the Lightning were my pick at the start of the year, Reed, to win the Stanley Cup, and uh, I think it's shaping up to be a, a Pittsburgh-Tampa Bay conference final, and uh, they have three good centers down the middle in Pittsburgh, so they bring in McDonough to try to offset that firepower uh, that the Pens have. And I love the fact that they didn't have to trade Tyler Johnson either because he is almost a point-per-game player in the playoffs. In that run they had in 15-16, I think he had 17 points in 17 games. Um, and he had a tough regular season that year as well, then picked it up in the playoffs. So he's a proven playoff guy, more so than Amenstikov. I-, I really like what they did. And you mentioned Winnipeg. They have a lot of firepower. I think the question will be, is Hellebeck in goal in the playoffs? He's been really, really good this season. But the playoffs are a different animal. And I don't, I don't mind what Vegas said either. I know they gave up a lot for Tatar, but with Flurry and goal, like <laughs> in the playoffs, that could be a difference in any series, and uh, they could go the distance as well. So I, I'm always uh, in favor of teams that go out and buy and try to bring something, you know, to the table at the deadline to try to improve their rosters. I think those are three teams that did. Okay, so you can get everything, again, the entire trade tracker on 630Ched.com, everything uh, from what the Oilers did on the website as well. Patrick Maroon spoke to the media today in uh, in San Jose. We'll have some of those comments throughout the uh, sportscast here during the afternoon news, and uh, I'll have the full scrum on Inside Sports tonight. More time to take your phone calls and texts on Inside Sports. We just had limited uh, time for fan interaction today with everything uh, going on and obviously getting Peter Shirelli live. Also going 
going to connect with Matt Salmon, who uh, covers the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he'll let us know about how this deal shook down today. And uh, we'll go uh, off the trade deadline topic for a little bit tonight because an incredible story. Unfortunately, not a happy ending for an Edmonton team. The Alberta Pandas hockey team yesterday playing a four-overtime game against uh, the University of Manitoba. Unfortunately, they uh, were not able to get the win. one nothing was the score after 73 minutes of overtime. Brendan, thanks for all your hard work, buddy. I'll see you at the station in a few minutes. Can't wait to see you. Hopefully you're bringing me an ice cap or something. It's been oh, a long day. Whatever you want, buddy. I'll, <laughs> I'll pick it up at, uh, at Tibby's on the way. What size do you want? Ah, uh, large. You know, I'm a big boy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. You want all that sugar? Why don't I no. just pour sugar down your throat? <laughs> well, that's what your favorite band once said. Oh, wow, nice Leopard <laughs> reference. That's an outstanding way to finish it off. Andrew's up next with the afternoon news. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'll talk to you at 6 on Inside Sports. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.